0: Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. But at the same time, I also
1: remind people like there's no competition for challenges as well, right? Like whatever you're facing right now is it's, it's, it sucks, right? It's the challenge that you get to deal with. And it's awful in the moment, even if it's just like, the Wi Fi doesn't work on your flight. And you're like, ah, this sucks, right? Like, it's the challenge that you've got. Um, And then it's, it's how we respond to those challenges, I think that really define our mindset, our happiness, our success in life.
0: Hey, Rudder Nation, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut and into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by talent development consultant Andy Storch. The reason why is because Andy's a good friend of mine. I've known him since 2019 before the pandemic, and I've just been amazed by his work, encouraging other talent development professionals to help bring the best out of the employees they serve. And the thing about Andy's story that really caught my attention is that for the past couple of years, this man has battled cancer and you would not know that by looking at him today. But I had the honor, the privilege, and even the concern to watch his life unfold over the past two years as he got the diagnosis that he was faced with cancer as he went through chemotherapy, surgeries, and so on. And while he did that, it was his mindset and his attitude that caught my attention because he always kept a positive note for those who are watching, and in that sense, he was leading others to also live their best life. So sit back and relax as we share Andy's insights of battling cancer, of picking his head up and always taking a step forward. And maybe you can glean some ideas on your own mindset and what you're facing. So here we go. All right. Hey Andy, thanks for joining me on this day. And uh you're you're calling in from Orlando, Florida, which is where my wife and I want to be right now because we love Walt Disney World and we miss it. And we were watching videos about it last night. Um we watch videos about it almost every night, but that's the curse of living <laughs> in Texas, I guess. How are you doing? <laughs> oh,
1: fantastic. Well, Jerry, thanks for having me on, and I gotta tell you. Uh, since we're recording this in June in the heat of summer, don't come here now. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'd want to be out walking at Disney in the middle of the summer heat. But I guess if you really love it, you know, go for it. Uh, <laughs>
0: the winter is the time to be here. That's for sure. Nice. Yeah. Every time we've gone, it's either been September, October or November. So uh, a lot of reason for that. One, it's the uh, the value season at Disney World plus it's cooler mm. yeah it rains a bit yeah. more you get out in the rain you get cooled off uh, yeah. and then you get in the air conditioning you're like oh now i'm cold <laughs> so. yeah we, we've been going more to the water park a lot more often recently we got a
1: pass to the SeaWorlds water park aquatica and i've been taking my daughter
0: oh, a nice. bunch she
1: loves it so it's a good way to kind of cool off and we went on sunday it was actually kind of raining the whole time we were there but they weren't in the lightning so they didn't shut anything down and then nice. it's just it was like being in a water, you know, in the water ride while you're walking around to the next ride. You're getting wet always.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like good. we came for the water, we're getting water. This is awesome. Right. Getting my money's worth.
1: By the way, one of my favorite things when you're at the water park and it starts raining and people run for cover. And I'm like But you're here
0: to get wet. (laughs) Right? You you sat in front row of that whale show for a reason. And that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I remember a drill sergeant telling us uh, because our first road march ever, we're walking for I forget how many miles. It hurt, whatever it was. Uh, And it started raining. And everybody stops, pulls out their ponchos, puts them on, and we continue. And and the drill sergeants all know we've got a certain deadline. We got to hit a certain point at a certain time or everybody fails. And uh, and it stops raining. We take our ponchos off because they're hot. We put them back in our packs. We get going again. Mm And I think the third or fourth time this happened, the senior drill sergeant said, privates, it's just water. You're not going to melt. You're not the wicked witch right. of the West or the East, or whatever. Right. Just suck right. it up. If you only got a few yeah. more miles to go. Yeah, Enjoy it. And we're right. like, it's just water. And then that was it. We we were fine after that. And it didn't rain a whole lot. That, that was like. We just felt a drop and we felt like we had to cover that's, up and
1: that's my mindset living in Florida. It's just water. That's why yeah. I rarely carry a jacket or, or umbrella.
0: If it rains, I just keep walking. Cause I'm like, it always rains in Florida. You're going to get wet, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and just be careful what you put on your forehead. Cause that is going to run down into your eyes. Ooh, and burn. Right. So. <laughs> That's why we were hats. Oh man. So for those listening in though, we didn't get you on here. To, uh, we didn't get Andy on here either to talk about weather all 35, 40 minutes. Uh But I've known Andy for a while. It, uh, he thinks we met at podcast movie, but I really was like cyber stalking him for maybe three or four months prior to that, uh, (laughs) because I was looking for other podcasters who podcasted about what my day job is about. So talent management, talent development, uh, organizational development. And, you know, my current job, you know, we decided to go with the title organizational effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Andy's podcast. Two of them at the time uh, popped up. Uh, the talent management hot seat, I believe. Talent, talent, talent development. development hot seat. Yeah, uh, I was fifty fifty. I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> the worst odds for Jerry ever. Uh, and then yep. the other one was the. Uh, it, it became the Andy Storch show. Uh, yeah. Or it was becoming that. And, and so it was I started... the
1: Andy Storch show, and and now it's the Own Your Career show, uh, yes. you know, connected to my book. But uh, there we go. yeah, talent development hot seat and and Own Your Career show are the two. And then I also started one in November called My NFT Journey have yes. to talk about my journey into nfts and educate people about that so there's three now but the but the big the main one is that talent development hot seat
0: nice and good timing on the nft podcast because uh my daughter's boyfriend's been asking me about nfts i'm like i have no idea google it and and now i'm like i got a friend who has a podcast that talks about yeah. it go go listen yeah. to that and then come back All and that listen to that education
1: and, and yeah. sharing the journey and and now could be a good time to get in because everything's on sale yeah right
0: this is yeah buy low so high, not the other way around, right? That's right. Uh, and so, yeah, that—that's how I discovered you. It was like early 2019, and I asked you if you were going to Podcast Movement, and that's when we personally met. And that's right. we've stayed connected off and on ever since. And yeah, it just dawned on me like a month or two ago, like why have I not had Andy on the show? Like this, mm. Andy's book is about what Beyond the Ruts is about. Uh, your show yeah. and your platform is. Pretty much what this audience is looking for. I uh, got to have you on here. So, all that to say, thank you for being on here. <laughs>
1: and, yeah, um, a, my honor, my pleasure.
0: Now, the thing about your personal story that has stood out to me for the past year and some change is that uh, you got some news about your personal health that nobody ever wants to hear. And I remember hearing about it and I thought, oh no, not. Yeah, and I hope he's okay. I'm going to pray for this guy. And, uh, what ensued after that was not somebody who is like feeling sorry for himself and giving up. Like I saw the fighter in Andy come out and shine through social media and through messages and so on. Um, Mm. so I guess, tell us a little bit about that. Like when it hit you, what was your initial reaction? And then what was that line in the sand that you drew, uh, on how to approach this?
1: Yeah. So going back to, uh, uh, of course, we had all been through some serious challenges already with the COVID pandemic. And and I had got, got, not gotten sick, but um, my whole business was essentially shut down uh, when COVID hit. My whole business was selling and running leadership development programs. I was traveling around the country and the world running workshops, and all my clients went away. Everything got shut down. So I um, had already dealt with that challenge and made some big pivots. I uh, had been working on my book. Uh, which is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And I ran a, I did some new things in my business. I launched a, a membership community for talent development professionals. I ran a virtual summit. Um, I started running some virtual programs, and I published my book. And I, you know, was planning on building a business around the book, teaching people how to own their careers. And uh, later in that year, around October, uh, we just got back from a family vacation uh, up to North Carolina, and I started experiencing a lot of abdominal discomfort and pain and I had no idea what it was, thought maybe it could be a kidney stone, was talking to people about that. And it didn't seem like that was the case. And eventually after some, some doctor appointments, um, you know, got to a, a urologist and realized that, uh, it was pos- probably testicular cancer. I had a lump on my testicle and, uh, the urologist said like, yeah, this is probably testicular cancer. You've got to have surgery. I can take this out next week kind of thing. It was like, this is what this guy does pretty <laughs> much, you know, every, every day, every week, it's just a normal job for him.
0: And you're like, wait, you want to do uh, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was exactly. Like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Take it out. Uh, so I I put that off a couple of weeks as I was just publishing my book and, uh, ended up having, I published my book on November 16th, uh, 2020, and I had surgery two days later to remove my left testicle. And then, uh, with many people, men who go through testicular cancer, which by the way, you know, context background for those listening, uh, I was 40 years old and, uh, I I thought in very good shape, you know, I've been lifting weights and working out consistently since I was 20 um, eating what I thought was a pretty healthy diet. Um, That's, that's debatable. I think in in all the research (laughs) I've done, right. But, you know, mostly like a paleo pretty, pretty clean kind of diet. Uh, So I I still don't know exactly why this happened, uh, but it did. Uh, And I was on the older end for testicular cancer, by the way, it uh, primarily affects men between 18 and 40. So I was really at like the top end of the range. And I ended up connecting with many people who went through it, including several guys in, when they were 18 or 20, uh, which just must've been really, really tough. Uh, so I found out I was still in a lot of pain after I had surgery. A lot of people get uh, their, their test score removed and, and that's kind of it. But I found out I had waited too long and the, the cancer had spread to my stomach and my neck. And that's why I was still experiencing a lot of pain. Um, I started doing a lot of research Uh, You know, as you know, and you kind of alluded to, I'm very big on personal responsibility and ownership uh, of every situation. My book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. Um, I teach people how to own their careers and take initiative and, and stop waiting for other people to tell you what to do. And so I, you know, when I found out this news, obviously it's, it's unfortunate, it's disappointing. Uh, my first thought was, um, you know, this is annoying. I'm trying to publish a book right now. Um, my second thought was, okay, this is the challenge that I get to deal with. How am I going to deal with it? And, um, my response was to take ownership of that situation. I started doing as much research as I could. I read several books about cancer and health and nutrition and, um, um, me being a bit of a naturalist, uh, I've always shied away from you know medication and, and pharmaceuticals and things like that, trying to take a natural approach to healing my cancer. And I did a lot, of, a number of different things. I switched to a plant-based diet, started juicing daily, um, invested a lot of money in some different solutions. Uh, ultimately, we made the decision because I was in so much pain to start chemotherapy as well, which my oncologist was recommending. So I went through chemo uh, in the first three months of 2021 along with all the other natural things that I was doing. And uh, I was very lucky that, you know, I had a great oncologist. We had a great plan, a very supportive family. Uh, we were able to basically take care of this. And I think I had my last treatment in April of 21. Um, at that time, you know, we got a scan and my oncologist recommended that we do one more round of chemo. Um, but I got to tell you, it's the worst thing that I've ever done in my life. It's, it's absolutely horrible. And I just didn't want to put any more toxic uh, stuff in my body And so I did a lot of soul searching and thinking and conversations with my wife and friends. And we ultimately decided to decline that third, that last cycle of chemo and and take more of a natural route. Um, And uh, fortunately, that worked out. You know, my last scan showed that I was completely cancer free uh, in remission, I guess, as they say. And um, I'm pretty much back to. You know, uh, not quite 100%, maybe 98%. There's some, some small little things that are different uh, that I've noticed as a result of the chemo. Um, but I'm back in the gym five, six days a week, ro- working, you know, growing my business, out with family, you know, back to normal life. So made it through all of that. Uh, it was certainly tough times. And as you mentioned, uh, I shared a lot of that journey on social media because of a couple of reasons. One, I know I have a big network and a lot of friends that want to know how I'm doing and, and what's going on, just as I would want to know. You know, how they're doing. Um, But also, I felt like I had an an opportunity and maybe even an obligation to really share this journey so that other people can learn what it's about and share my mindset on it because I was so determined to overcome it, to beat it, to show people what's possible. uh, And then, you know, leverage that to hopefully help others because we all face challenges, right? And whether it's cancer, it's health related, we have relationship challenges, we have career challenges. and, And so many people will come to me and say, you know, I had this thing happen and I, and before I got upset, I thought, well, this is not as bad as what Andy's going through. So like, I think I help put people, you know, people put things into perspective. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I also remind people like there's no competition for challenges as well. Right. Like whatever you're facing right now is it's, it's, it sucks. Right. It's the challenge that you get to deal with. And it's awful in the moment, even if it's just like the Wi-Fi doesn't work on your flight and you're like, ah, this sucks. Right. (laughs) Like it's the challenge that you've got. Um, and then it's it's how we respond to those challenges. I think that really define our mindset, our happiness, our success in life.
0: I think you may have missed an opportunity there to make a sticker that said it can't be as bad as what Andy is going through. Yeah, <laughs> as like that. I, yeah, like. I had a friend I think who said he had that like on the background of his of his
1: iPhone or really? something like
0: that.
1: Yeah, that oh, uh, you know I forget exactly what it said, but there were many people that told me that they kept that in mind, and I helped them put things in a perspective, which I think is really important. Um, You know, having perspective in life for like, you know, it's so easy to get upset about little things and then remembering, you know, coming back to gratitude, coming back to perspective, they're like, oh, our life is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when I was going through cancer, uh, gratitude was a big thing for me and perspective as well that like, okay, yeah, this sucks, but you know, I'm in a big city with a great hospital really great healthcare. I've got family. My mom lives nearby and she's able to come take care of me. I live, um, you know, I'm married and I have kids and I have, so I have a loving family in the house with me. Um, You know, I couldn't do that much for myself for a little while. Like if I had been a single guy, I would have had to move back in with my mom. Like, I don't think, you know, as cancer goes, it's, it's not the hardest. Um, But, you know, going through chemo, (laughs) Yeah. You just kind of on the couch, right? And like you need help from other people, at least shopping and things like that. So I was very fortunate. I was a very fortunate situation. And I remember that. I wrote down my gratitude every single day and it oh. really helped me get through those times. Yeah. I just, uh, was that a blog post?
0: Yeah. I, I was just revising a, uh, no, I wrote a blog post about having a gratitude journal and, and mm. the benefits of it. It does remind you of the things that did go well today. Even if you had a hard day, uh, you yeah. know, going through chemo would be a hard day. Uh, <laughs> having to lay around after the chemo is also a hard day. Um, yeah. you know, jotting down those things that you're grateful for. Somebody, you know, went and got groceries for you. Somebody, you know, whatever it is. I mean, you know, maybe I had a hard day at work, but I got to come home to my wife today. That's uh, right. I got to pick up the phone and talk to my grown up children. Um, I get to reflect on when they were babies and they were little and, you know, my son talked in gibberish and we wondered if he'd ever speak English and, you know, stuff mm. like that. And so, yeah, it's no matter what challenges you face in the day, there is some good stuff that came out of it and it's important to reflect on that at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and of course, you beat it. It's in remission right now. Um, in what ways did you see yourself having to change your life to face this challenge while also taking yeah. care of, you know, family? and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show.
1: yeah so you know just to go back to the gratitude piece too I, you talked about the importance of a gratitude journal. I already had that habit luckily before I went into this. Um, but wh- while I was going through cancer, there were two things I did every single day and number one was I meditated for at least 10 minutes. and number two was no matter what was going on or how I felt, I took out a journal and I wrote down my gratitude that day for the things that I had that were great, right? Like we talk about family uh, when I was in the hospital for a week, the nurses that were there that you know, great healthcare workers, um, friends that sent me things, um, you know, just a, a nice meal or, or whatever it may be. Like, I think there's always things we could be grateful for. And I got to the point where I started writing down that I'm grateful for this cancer and wow. that may surprise people, but it was hard in the beginning, but after a while, I, I sort of got used to it and really convinced myself that I was grateful for the cancer. I knew it was an opportunity to experience something that, you know, many people hopefully don't get to experience, right. To gain empathy for people that go through challenging situations like that and be able to then be qualified to help other people who go through cancer or, you know, similar things. And I do believe that we go through these challenges in life uh, so that we can become qualified to help other people, right. With, with those similar things. So whatever challenges you've been through, you know, health, disabilities, career, you've been divorced, right? Death in the family. You know, these are all like terrible things, but when you go through it, then you are then qualified to be able to help other people because people after you are going to go through the same things, right? Like we're just not as unique as we, as, (laughs) as we think, right? Like whatever challenges you have, people have gone through it before people are going to go through it later. Um, so I see it as as an opportunity and obligation to really help others. And I have created a document that lays out my research, my story, my advice, um, that, uh, I put on my website. It's andystorch.com slash cancer. Uh, we can talk about that more Morgan uh, later, um, just cause I want to help other people who yeah. are going through that, um, you know, that type of experience. Um, you asked, I forgot what your question was now. Cause oh, I went back it was to-
0: like some of the things that you had to adapt or adjust in order to fight, uh, cancer. Like-
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I, first of all, I think it's so funny when people are like, oh, you're, you know, you're so amazing, so courageous, whatever. Like I did what anybody would have to do, right? Like what would do, like you address, this is the most important thing in your life right now. And you address it and you deal with it. Right. Um, I it was really a big shift for me because I am such uh, I would say an ambitious person. I was just publishing this book. I was really excited to go into 2021 and grow my business And, um, you know, I do run my own business and, and support our household with that. And so it was a big challenge to say, okay, I can't run my business right now. I need to focus on health. This is the most important thing and, uh, to shift gears and, and spend most of my time reading about cancer and nutrition and and whatnot and, and rest, uh, you know, and take care of my health. Um, which by the way, I am still able to do quite a few things. Uh, speaking of being grateful for things, 2022, I can lie Mm -hmm. on the couch, even in pain, and practically run my business on the iPhone, right? Which yes. is really nice. Something we wouldn't be able to do, you know, ten years or more in the past. Uh, so I was grateful for that as well. Um, but it really, I, I really had to pivot and like shift my where I'm spending my time and my mindset. And I had some good conversations even with a mentor uh, uh, who I had hired, a coach I had hired. Who you know, I'd say like, oh, I feel so frustrated. Like I, I feel like I should be doing more to grow my business and income and And she would say, like, dude, you're going through cancer right now. Like, sometimes you just need to rest and take care of your health. Like, that's the most important thing. And it'll pay off later. And it's so hard in the moment because sometimes when you're going through these challenges, it feels like this is going to last forever and I'll never be able to get back to doing what I want to do. But I heard a phrase uh, from my friend Lauren Davis uh, who told me, uh, this phrase that is, this is how it is right now. And it's kind of a reminder of the nature of impermanence. Like most things do not last forever. Good and bad. Right. And I kept that in mind throughout. In fact, I repeated that mantra on the worst days. This is how it is right now. It's a reminder like, it is this way now, but it's not going to be this way forever. Yeah. And it's really amazing because we're in that moment. You think like, Oh God, it's always like, I can't even imagine a world where I'm healthy and, you know, back at the gym and living my life. And yet here I am. Right. It's, it's several months later, Doing that thing because it it didn't last that long. Um, so it really like it, it forced me to really think about things like nature, you know, impermanence, to really spend more time than I was before, focused on my health, um, investigating new things, uh, doing lots of research uh and learning whatever I could uh, so that I could get through this in, in the best way possible. Um, and oh, one other thing that I think is really important to talk about is. The importance of seeking for, seeking out and asking for and receiving help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think many people, especially entrepreneurs, um, men, we have a hard time accepting help sometimes, right? Yeah. And uh, we think that we're like supposed to go in through life, like doing things on our own when like, really, like we have big goals. I, I think it's really important to get help, whether it's like mentors, coaches, friends, or family, whatever it may be. Um, and I had a lot of people that reached out and, and asked to help me, right? And tried to help me. And I think my gut inclination is to be like, no, 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 I got this on my own. Uh, but instead, I committed at the beginning that I would open myself up and allow people to help me and that will allow me to get through this better. And honestly, if you really think about it, we all love helping others. You're almost doing people a favor when you let them help you, right? Yeah. When you tell people, no, you can't help me, you're, you're like rejecting them. You're like, no, sorry, and then you're you are, um, you're stealing that opportunity from them to have a good feeling, right? Because we all feel good when we help others, right? Whatever it is. So I just started saying yes all the time when people operate, you know, can I buy you a meal? Can I bring a meal over? Can I do this or that for you? I'm like, yeah, come on, do it, let's go. Or they'd ask like, what can I do for you? Like I'd try to think of something. Uh, whereas in the past, I'd be too proud to do that. Yeah, um, It was a big shift for me. And uh, it was really great because- we got a lot of help, and, like I said, like I love helping up people. I know I'm gonna pay it forward right, and help others, uh, so why not accept the help while we need it, and then use you know that as motivation to
0: help more people later on? Yeah, I think a lot of people do struggle with that too i I've yeah. got a friend who calls himself a recovering people pleaser, so he takes that mm. helping others to a an unhealthy level for himself and so he's had to yep. you know, really change his mindset around there but still appreciates that not only do I continue to help others but I need to really accept it when other people do it for me and that was something he wasn't doing before and it would kind of create some animosity like well I'm always like doing things for other people but no one's ever doing anything for me and the reality is no you get offers all the time but you're always turning them down that's why no mm-hmm. one's doing anything for you um, so yeah that is a huge um I guess, service to others is to let them go ahead and, you know, serve you if they offer it up. and Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. Uh, now, so you went through some changes. I mean, we had COVID-19. That forced changes on everybody. Mm. You, you got your initial diagnosis. You fought that. You got your second uh, diagnosis. You're like, ah, dang it. Okay. Well, we got to fight this too then. And yeah. you changed a lot of things. Um, and now you've come out of that. Uh, the pandemic seems to be going away for the most part. Um, and so – what does, you know, I'm just going right into, I'm trying to find the best way to seg into the future of work, uh, your work, everybody else's work. Like what does the future look like now that we've been hit with a pandemic and we've been hit with, um, you know, who knows what else over the last couple of years, but yeah, things have changed.
1: You know, things are changing all the time and you're kind of in this field where you have to look at uh, you know, the people that you're bringing in, how do you bring in more people? How do you improve retention of your people? Uh, what sort of things you need to be thinking about for the future. And I'm in a position now where, um, I'm very fortunate. I work with a lot of great companies, a lot of global companies. I also host, you know, these podcasts and interview a lot of business leaders and, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn every day. So I'm trying to pay, I'm really paying attention to kind of what's going on out there. Um, there's, there's some big shifts happening. You know, COVID was the biggest catalyst, In for a trend that was already moving towards more remote, flexible work styles, that sort of thing, Uh, and yet there were many, many companies that were very traditional that said, Mm -hmm. uh, "You know, you will always work in an office. If you're not in an office, you're not working." Right? And overnight, all of them had to let their people work from home. Right? And and many of them had this kind of mindset that people can't be productive working from home, and they learned that that was not the case. Right? And. Now, since then, we're more than two years through this pandemic, right? Since then, many companies have gotten back to people need to be in the office. On the other extreme, there are many companies that said, ah, we're not going back. Everybody can work remotely, right? I'm I'm working with some tech companies that are in that space. And then there are a lot of companies in between, in the middle, that are trying to figure that out, right? Yeah. They've either put a policy in place that says you must be in the office two days a week or three days a week or come as much as you like. Or you figure it out with your team, or we haven't decided yet. Um, The companies are all over the place, right? And in terms of where they are, we're also in the midst of what many people are calling the Great Resignation or the Great Reshuffle. And one of the reasons for that is because the economy has been strong, and jobs have been in demand, and people have had time to really think about, well, what do I really want to do, right? What do I want to do with my career, and is there something better for me and what style serves me, right? My current company is telling me I have to be in the office. And frankly, I would I love I started working from home. I love it. You know, with my kids more like I'm not going back. I'm going to find a company that lets me work remotely or the opposite. Right. People forget there's the opposite side of, you know, people that live in small apartments in New York and San Francisco. They're like, please get me back into an (laughs) office where I can work with other people. And I don't have my, you know, my neighbor or my roommate right behind me and dogs barking and all this sort of stuff. Right. So I think there's people in across the spectrum, just like there's companies across the spectrum. And what all this creates is. More opportunity for conversations, more choice, I think, for people to be figure out what they truly want. Um, And, you know, there's more technology advances, right? That This kind of like uh, um, supercharge, you know, the trends that we're already seeing. Um, You know, we've got obviously video technology like you and I are on Zoom right now. uh, Several other platforms that have kind of taken off throughout this and, and are here to stay. And we're going to see things continue to change. You know, I've been following closely like the rise of Web3, which includes blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, NFTs we mentioned earlier. I think that's going to completely change the working world. And one one thing that, you know, I talk about in my book and in talks that I give in companies is that, you know, first of all, you can't predict the future. um, But we know that things are changing all the time, the future of work. Uh, it's continuously changing. The pace of change is faster than it's ever been before. Uh, and yet it's slower today than it's ever going to be, right? It's not going to go back to, quote, normal. It's not going to slow down. Things are going to keep speeding up. So what can we do to help prepare ourselves for the future, future changes, future opportunities, whatever it may be? And so I posit the, the three main things we can and need to be doing to prepare for the future are, number one, Investing in continuous learning. So, are you investing in your own learning and development? If you work for a company that provides training and programs, LinkedIn learning, whatever it is, hopefully you're taking advantage of that. But can you do things on your own um, to be continuously learning about the latest trends and things that are going on? Uh, Number two is building your network, right? Because no matter what happens, when things change, when your company does layoffs, when new opportunities pop up, uh, the best opportunities always come from relationships, right? And from the network, somebody supporting you, we're going back to asking for and receiving help, right? Almost every job I've gotten in my uh, my career have come from my network, come from relationships. And then the third thing is building your personal brand or your professional brand, which is essentially your reputation, right? What do people think and say about you? And a lot of people don't think about this, but everybody has a brand, everybody has a reputation, whether you you think about it or not. So I think it's a good idea to be intentional about that, right? I mean, be authentic, be yourself, uh, but you can be really mindful about the brand that you're creating and that can lead to new opportunities in the future as well. And you can even build a brand of someone who is paying attention to the latest trends, right? And understands technology And then people can go, ooh, I want to call that guy or that gal or that woman because they know about what's going on and can probably help me with this thing. And you might get more project roles, uh, especially as we, you know, many say we're moving into more of a gig-based economy, right? A lot of project-based roles. I think moving away from the traditional, like, you're in this one role for five years versus, like, let's take on different projects. And I think that's where network and brand and learning really play a big role in what projects do you get onto, right? And how does that catapult you into other things later on? Um, all these things can really help set you up for for success because I mean, twenty twenty taught us like we really don't know what the future brings, right? <laughs> um, but but we can do things now to help us prepare.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think the, probably the biggest skill or competency I can think of right now off the top of my head is change management. You know, mm. that change is going to happen, whether it's you got to upgrade systems, you need a new process, you need a new product. Um, you know, if something fails in your company, it's usually the people don't want to do it or they don't right. appreciate it. Or they don't understand why we're doing the thing. And so if you're able to, as a leader, understand why the change is happening, what the impact is going to be positively and negatively and what changes need to happen in terms of process and protocols and and attitudes, um, you become invaluable to your organization. And and a lot of companies saw that during the, the pandemic because people had to make decisions right away within days, uh, hours even. And That's right. uh the folks who could adapt and communicate clearly to as many people as possible were successful, and mm-hmm. uh, the projects that were also just as important, but you had somebody in charge who was not, you know, gathering the uh, the intel from the community or uh, communicating clearly of why why we're doing what we're doing, those projects did not do well. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I think that's Re- very
1: related huge. to that. I would add too that. Uh, you know, some things that people in the past referred to as soft skills, I, I now like to call power skills. Yeah, uh, These things like empathy, um, you know, EQ, communication, trust, um, influence, these things are going to be more and more important uh, with all the big changes that go on to be able to really connect with people and influence and get things done. And I think as technology gets better and better, I mean, the robots are going to do most of the jobs, that we don't need like highly skilled people to do, right? So um, you might as well become more of a a people person and understand how people work because I think the people that can do those things and really understand how to be a good leader, how to communicate, how to influence, how to have empathy, how to connect, um, how to get things done, manage change, become more and more valuable to
0: organizations. Yeah, and those robots are gonna need software programmers that's right. Mechanical-type folks that resolder things. And I went to a dim sum restaurant about a year ago, and it was served up by robots. And I was like, yes. No way. We're in the future. Now, it, it had a guy next to it to make sure it actually delivered the dim sum to the right people. Uh, yeah. So it needed a little bit of nudging, but it was really cool to That's see funny. that still. The trays were brought out, and it had yeah. eyes, and uh, something you would typically see in Japan. Uh, but it was right. here in Dallas. I loved it. It was wow. so cool. Uh, so you've got your book, uh, Own Your Career, Own Your Life you've got a website with the same name own your career own your lifecom podcasts of the same name uh, and so if you haven't read Andy's book you need to get a copy of it uh, Andy what is uh, what are what are some of the other ways people can reach out to you and connect with you if they need you to speak at their company uh, consult with their company or if they just want to reach out to you and you know become your pal like I did
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that I'm
0: always looking for more
1: friends uh, yeah you mentioned the website and we've got some bonus resources on there including Uh, The five steps to owning your career. So basically the free resources that walk you through uh, the steps to owning your career, setting a vision, setting, achieving your goals, preparing for the future, developing the right mindset, um, being willing to pivot and and taking ownership of your life. Uh, That's at ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. I also have on there the top five most common career mistakes that people make uh, that you can hopefully avoid those. Those are all all on there as well. Um, My main website, andystorch.com has more information about my podcasts and, um, you know, speaking engagements, things like that. Uh, you mentioned the podcast, you know, the book is on Amazon and in general, like I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. I'm trying to figure out TikTok. you know, but all over the place. So, you know, catch, you know, reach, reach out, connect with me, let me know you heard me on Jerry's podcast and what resonated with you. And, uh, of course I'm always happy to
0: connect. Nice. And any final words of wisdom for the folks listening in? Yeah.
1: So, There's a lot of things going on in the world, and there's a lot of opportunities out there. And the reason why I wrote this book is because I observe so many people really drifting through their careers, operating in reaction mode, waiting for other people to tell them what to do, whether it be their boss or their parents or somebody else. Um, And a lot of people end up being victims as a result because they're sort of waiting. And if things don't work out well, then they want to blame other people. And I really want people to take more ownership of their careers, of their situations, of their lives. And um, really, if there's one message I can remind you or leave you with is that nobody cares more about your career than you do, right? Hopefully, uh, you know, if your mom is still around, your parents are there, they love you. uh, Maybe you're really lucky and you have a boss who truly cares about you, a manager um, but at the end of the day, nobody cares more about your career than you do. So you've got to be the one to own it. You've got to be the one to take the initiative, to set your goals, to decide how you want to spend your time and take action towards those, to invest in learning, to build your network, to build your brand, to develop the right mindset, to achieve more things. And uh, of course, there's plenty of help in my book, um, but I just want people to really take initiative and, and truly own their careers.
0: Nice. Andy, it was great to have you on here. And I mean, we're going to keep in touch. So I'll, I'll talk to you again and again and again. Hundred percent. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. What a conversation. I hope you saw a lot of value, inspiration, encouragement, and even some practical advice you can apply to your own life. I did. Now you can check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash three two two. There you'll find links to Andy's shows, his website, and so much more. Now Another way you can pay this show back is really to pay it forward. So hit the share button on however you're listening to this show right now and send it to a friend, a family member, a coworker or that neighbor across the street. And you know what? I enjoyed spending time with you this week and I look forward to spending time with you again next week, but until next time go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about cap show is that they have one of the best communities ever as a cap show and myself.